0: Hello. Hi
1: there.
0: Hey, Brian. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Great. Uh, it's a real honor to have you join uh, the podcast for Blockchain Israel. Uh, we've been really getting some great responses from the the, the first one we did, and uh, I'm really excited to have you, especially as a, a long, time friend um, and a really a uh, influencer in so many different ways. Um, for so sure. super pumped. Yeah, this is, uh, should be exciting. So uh, first of all, I'm just going to make a, a proper introduction and then we'll uh, move into some of the questions that I, I think will this one will be a little bit more um, free flow, freestyle kind of a uh, podcast. So yeah, Brian, you're coming. I like by, those like, a lot. Yeah, I think those are the best kind anyway. Um, yeah. So m- again, my name is Mordechai Holtz, uh, the on the board, uh, board advisor to Blockchain Israel um, as a way to kind of get the uh, kind of coordinate and organize the blockchain community within Israel but also with all the partners and the amount of conversations around blockchain around the world we wanted to bring some of the top uh, experts and leaders in the field uh, to discuss uh, what it means uh, what blockchain is and what their thoughts are on the on the matter um, so I'm really excited to have Brian Wallace who's really uh, has years of experience in so many different great uh, fields within digital, within marketing, within um, so many different components. That I think it's a great way to uh, bring and hear from uh, your advice, Brian, about what you think blockchain, uh, what it means, and what it really, what this technology really can bring for the, uh, for the future of so many different ways. So thanks for again for coming on. Um, Let's start with, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Brian, and how you got really involved in blockchain, because um, I remember a couple of mu- years ago when we kind of met each other, you're were, you were really, as the founder of Now Sourcing, you know, a, a top global infographic creation company, it was something that you were already talking about, and I wanted to hear, how, you know, I want to hear your story a little bit of how you got involved.
1: Yeah, so first off, it's an honor and a pleasure, Mordecai. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, been looking forward to this for a while and we've done it we've made it so like you said given my experience with now sourcing and all things digital friends and because we work for all sorts of different kinds of organizations large and small and all sorts of industries we get a chance to see things very early so although i would say most people have been talking about bitcoin cryptocurrency and blockchain which unfortunately a lot of people use those words interchangeably, which we should get back to because I think it's always very important to get into the start, the entry point for people because there's many, many people that are sitting on the sidelines that don't really know what to do with this world. It's almost like we're back in 1994 with the internet. It's a foreign concept. It's it's not a natural way of thinking about things. Decentralization, cutting out the middleman, that's not normally the way people think about doing things because we've had other systems set up for so much longer. So to your point about when I really kind of first came along in this, I find that a lot of the joining the path into whatever the latest digital trend is usually comes in through new requests for people that want us to do infographics and get press. So there was actually a trade publication that wanted us to do a whole bunch of uh, infographic work in the cryptocurrency market. I think this was probably going on about four years ago, kicking myself for, not, (laughs) I guess, jumping in and making tons of purchases. And it's pretty funny because you can actually see the piece and it kind of puts a date stamp on how low everything was. As much as we're in kind of a bear market right now, currency wise, if you bought everything at the prices it was back then you'd be sitting pretty so i would say that that really kind of came along uh definitely last year uh, there was just a, a crazy influx of all sorts of different companies as well as you know straight up uh, crypto publications cryptocurrencies icos and other companies that wanted to benefit from anything blockchain and crypto related that really has made this a, a key focal point of our efforts at Now Sourcing, so much that we, we basically have like a new division just for this industry to just keep up and top on trends.
0: Well, that sounds like a, a great way to kind of uh, t- tell us how you got there uh, and how the company has moved towards, you know, providing this important service of creating infographics and the story and the trajectory of blockchain at least through the eyes of a you know a marketer or someone who's providing marketing value for your clients, what excites you about blockchain as a person or as the company? Obviously, besides giving you more clients, which is a clear one, but what excites you about the idea of blockchain and kind of touching on your point, your question of you know let's separate those three points: blockchain, ICOs, cryptocurrency. You know maybe you can tell me what excites you about each one or the the idea of in general or both. So Bitcoin
1: is exciting in the sense that that was the first one that kind of came out of nowhere with a mysterious pseudonym of a person. Maybe it's a group of people, different people have different theories. We could probably spend an hour and have our own podcast just on that. But from the mysterious days and the dark web and all that kind of mystique and all that, that's one thing. The main thing that's exciting about Bitcoin is that it drives a lot of the market on any given day. It's probably 40 to 45 percent dominance of all of the currencies so you can't say you don't like bitcoin or anything like that if you're going to be a, a piece of this universe because it helps make the world go around with all this does that mean that it's here to stay and it's going to be the prevailing currency probably not i think that throughout history history has proven that if you're the first mover you're not necessarily going to stay around forever And you look at apple and microsoft and they weren't really the first people that did everything with computing and we can make all sorts of other examples. But I think that still, because that is the most well-known one and people use that name interchangeably with all the other pieces, that's certainly what excites me about that. Cryptocurrency overall, just the fact of the matter that you don't have to go through a middleman, that you can be decentralized, that you don't necessarily have to go to a bank. Uh, Let's say you were trying to send money to a relative in a a less than super developed country how would you do it before and you'd have to do all sorts of nonsense with western union and everything would take forever and it would be so expensive now you can do it in a very short amount of time with very little fees right and huh. a lot of times if you do major transactions banks can flag things like there's no tomorrow and given what you can do with cryptocurrency not that everybody accepts it but you can move a lot of money very quickly. I've seen there's a a pretty cool private jet company that does stuff like that. So there's definitely some real world use for cryptocurrency right now. We don't have to wait for the future. People are buying and selling real estate in it. It's all sorts of very cool innovations that are happening right there. Personally and professionally though, I find the underlying technology, the blockchain, where people can make smart contracts to build any solution for any kind of industry, much more compelling than let's just make another currency. Because as much as we wanna go from decentralized, from the the whole way that we're doing these middlemen i think before we go to a full decentralized model we're probably still going to use all the big corporations we're still going to use all the banks and we're still going to have all that middle ground so like we said before when we were talking about the internet example i tell the world that we're almost like it's almost like it's 1994 again right before everybody gets the america online cds so it's still not super well known people are still asking all these questions if you ever watch, like ancient um newsreels or commercials about the internet they're talking about the internet and we're just looking at it like it's comical but i feel like every time i see any kind of article in the media about all this stuff they always have to go in there with definitions about all this stuff right so that is very interesting because it's showing how new an industry there is there's you've got what about 7.6 billion people on the planet how many how many people do you actually think are involved in crypto and blockchain. It's probably in the tens of millions and that's about it. So really a lot of what I find myself spending my day on personally and professionally is helping explain the broader implications of this and uh, almost like the Reddit threads about like explaining things like I'm five. I think sometimes people get far too technical, far too financial, and you have to have like a certain level of technical chops to even know what's going on here. And I think the reality is, is, When people just technologically over explain things to a non-technical base, there's just no reason for that. right? So if I have an iPhone and I want to connect to Wi-Fi to launch my Starbucks app to pay for my Starbucks fancy coffee, I don't really care how any of that works. right? right? It just has to be something very simple, and it just has to work. So the more I consult with companies and the more I talk about this, the more I really think people need to understand truly about the path of least resistance and full focus on that user experience and i feel like those are the companies that are already winning and those are the companies that will win in the future
0: that is exact i mean it's so uh, it's so uh, similar in your your example of the internet and your example of that same trend of getting uh, on board the entire, the entire globe of what the internet is and its potential we i spoke about this in the previous podcast uh, also with someone who's involved very heavily more on the investment side uh, involved in the blockchain and involved in all the, in this entire world and he also gave that same example of the internet and the times of the 90s when many people were just saying is this is got this is going to be uh, how do we get around this what does this mean what does this mean for you know, every organization, the content, the marketing that was involved, and all those different things. And the examples there. And of course, it's, you know, with every new technology, everyone always says, oh, we don't need that first. There's always the people who are the early adopters. And we're getting towards that trend now. It seems like the trajectory is moving towards integration, and people are going to be at that. We're kind of sort of, we're just about past that initial early adoption stage. And now, like you said, there are millions of people in the world involved in blockchain in some way or another. And now, it's the point where it's it's getting to that next stage where we now have to get to the, the, the next level of people interested in it. And I want to hear from you from a marketing perspective, from a person who's so deeply involved in marketing like you are uh, in different aspects, obviously, uh, and also helping with companies getting uh, publicity and getting articles published and within their, both for their infographics and otherwise, what do you think blockchain needs to do as an industry? Forget you know cryptocurrency, ICO, blockchain, what do you think, as a marketing perspective, what does it need uh, to really take it to the next stage?
1: They need to understand that beyond the technical developer shortage. So if you're going to build an ICO right now and you're struggling to find somebody who can build you an ERC-20 smart contract in Ethereum, yeah, you know, it's a valid concern. If you don't have the development people ready, you're going to be in trouble. So you could be in a position where you're going to raise all this money and you don't have anybody to build it. That is the unfortunate truth of how a lot of ICOs end up in the Deadpool. But even bigger than that, I think that this world needs to understand that they have a communications problem. The more I hang out with crypto-related people, the more I feel like it's very insular. Everybody has like pictures of themselves where they have like a weird haircut and They have a hoodie and sunglasses and everybody thinks that they're Neo in the matrix and everybody has to hang out on telegram, like their own, they're in their own little world. And it seems like
0: it uh, it seems like it's like a, you know, it kind of like a technology and a a solution for, I don't want to use the word tech geeks or computer geeks, but it's like this computer geek, you know, way of like, you know, disrupting the world and they to get them sit there in their own little corner and do their thing. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, you feel like you're joining a cult for a minute, and it's like, bro, you're just sitting there in Starbucks like everybody else. I don't know right. why we keep taking Starbucks, but whatever, <laughs> it relates well. So, XYZ coffee shop, not playing favorites. So, yeah, I think that above all, people need to understand this is a communications problem. Too few people in the world understand anything about what's going on. We could spend a lot of the podcast talking about the differences of the SEC regulations in America, why to go to different countries, what the difference is between privacy and security and utility tokens and all this crap. But the reality is, is that we would be over the head of 99% of the world because people don't even understand the basics. So as much as everybody gets excited and it's like a big circle, we need to do a better job once and for all to explain this better to people. And there are, good, yeah, I, there are good resources, there's good TED Talks, but I think everyone, I think should spend a little, if you're in this industry, you should spend a little bit of time to make sure that your grandmother can understand it, that your five-year-old can understand it, and everybody in between.
0: Yeah, you know, today I was, I was talking to someone, I posted on Facebook in advance of the Blockchain Israel hackathon. Uh, yeah. I posted on Facebook that I'm going to be a mentor there. And as soon as I hit click on publish, I get a call from someone I haven't spoken to in quite a while. Uh, she works with a nonprofit organization, so it's obviously related to the social impact, you know, uh, hackathon that we're doing. But she asked me, could you explain to me blockchain, you know, as a, it, for someone who's really not minded, she said, you know, I'm over the age of whatever she is. I think she's already in her 40s or 50s. And she said, everyone's been telling us this that the organization needs to be involved in blockchain and fintech and all these different components. Can you explain it to me? And I said, I can try. It's obviously going to be a long conversation, but I'll try to do it as simple as possible. And I, I realized to myself that, like you said, it, it, when you have a bunch of people who understand the coding or the, you know, the back end of a computer of, of you know, websites and things like that, it's great that they understand it. But when, well, as soon as they have the problem of communicating it, and that's the, the gap here, like you're saying, is that there's a gap between the, the guy who makes the website work or the app work. Or the seamless integration between credit card payments and whatever else it is, and all of a sudden you have these people sitting in the back end doing the programming, and they're not good marketers. And you have this question: the problem is they can create this wonderful technology, but they don't know how to sell it to the masses so that they really say, yes, we need this because it really will help whatever the you know whatever the use case may be." All right? It seems it seems to me that if you had to, you know, if I had to, my next question would probably be is if you had to simplify it and say, is, forget what the blockchain is, because that's something that we can probably every one of us can probably just say, okay, go Google the blockchain. There's a great little video that someone once sent me about it. But if you had to say, is here's three points that we have to, you know, clarify or keep. You know, these are the three or four main touch points of let's get these messages out. Forget what the blockchain is and all the technology technology, technology and technological aspects of it. Like you said, is. Those things are already being worked on and there will always be developments of it. But what would you say is like the three or four main issues or points that need to be delivered to the the greater public so that they can say, yes, we need this and yes, I want to buy it. Like the AOL trend, like we mentioned, you know, from dial up to now what we have, the speed that we have now and making sure that it really becomes such an integral part of society like the internet has become today. Sure, so I think that, so first off,
1: it doesn't. It's not just people who are young, and it, you don't have to worry about missing the crowd and all that. I mean, look at a guy like Don Tapscott, who's one of the foremost authorities on this keynote speaker. He led off consensus. He's got an excellent TED talk that I think people, at least conceptually, after watching it for 18 minutes, everybody I've shown this to, it's like, oh wow, I totally. I, maybe I don't agree with everything, but I get because this guy is just speaking in plain English, and he's 71 years old. He's not 18. You know you have people on the other end of it but there are plenty of people that are you know in their 70s or whatever that can still talk about this but i think uh, all this stuff about decentralization i think is important the no middleman the ability to kind of reach the world like that the ability to put all different industries through this i think the fact that it works on trust lists or peer-to-peer again trying to yeah. stay away from technical terms but the the absence of trust, I don't have to have all of your information. I don't have to run it through a bank and I don't have to go with big information on the other side. I can just make a connection between two sides that I don't know everything about everyone and still right. make all that go. I, I think those are really the most important kinds of things that I would say. How about you? What do you think? What What other well, things would you say from a very basic perspective?
0: Well, first of all, I want to say that a great interview on a podcast in general. I once forgot which podcast I was listening to that said is it's not only my job as the person interviewing you to ask questions, also your job as the person being interviewed to ask questions to me. Uh, So I think it's a great, important, it's a good dynamic and a good um, back and forth. But uh, in my opinion, I think the same, I I happen to think uh, when I met with someone early on when I'm not, I'm not an investor in blockchain at all, but when I'm from the marketing perspective, which is my, my passion, and my experience in working with social causes. So that's really you what's know, interesting to me and how they can really integrate it. In my opinion, like you said, is I, I met a couple, of, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I met someone someone else who actually is gonna be at the, the hackathon. He said is that the the most important thing for blockchain to really take, uh, get on board for, in, the ma- in the mass market is to educate people and to really market it correctly as opposed to just another technology that everyone's selling but really to get people to understand the basics and for me it's understanding that I, it, there's always this lingering feeling and I'm sure now with you know with Facebook people saying oh big brother is watching and what what information they know about me and all these kind of things and the more and more I look at it i say is, we shouldn't have to be nervous that big brother is watching and big brother is taking my data and stealing it and taking information that they shouldn't have or targeting me for this that and the other thing and of course it's going to take some time for it to get to the point where everyone trusts this you know kind of esoteric what we call blockchain uh, technology but i think that is for me the most important selling point is that to understand that there is another there is another solution there's another choice that people can make that says i don't need the bank to, you know, I don't need to pay some exorbitant amount of fees for me to transfer 10000 or a or $100,000 when I want to buy my house or put a down payment on my house. And I can make a transfer and there's someone else, there's a computer that's checking it uh, and making sure that the money's there and that there's no quote-unquote middleman. But also I think it's important for people to say is my data is my – I'm in control of my data and my information and whatever I want to release to – the other party, whatever the other party is, whether it's a doctor, a medical you know, insurance insurance, whatever the case may be, I don't have to release everything to them unless I choose to. Right now, I think in today's world, before kind of blockchain really takes I think people are still still wary of what information and how much information people really know about us before we even walk in the door. And I think that giving us the, the each person, the user, the consumer, the citizen, that Control and that you know, bringing it back to the ability for me to say is, I want you to have this about know about me, but not everything else about me. I think that's it's an important, um, you know, it's a classical. Obviously, it's a classic model, but it, it brings it to using technology to kind of restore that traditional. I'll tell you what I want you to know, so that way, whatever you need to know, I'll give you, and you don't need to know everything about me from the moment that we start. These right. are my opinion. Those are the two main. Things. Of course, peer-to-peer is a is still a new concept uh, for today's consumer. What does it mean, peer-to-peer? Even though we have the crowdfunding idea, in terms of I'm willing to give someone five dollars to do some venture or whatever the case may be. But I think the peer-to-peer network is is, is something that is, is going to be is going to be a tough one to to sell because who's to say that you're my peer? You know, you and I know each other, but you, some other person around the world. Why should you be the one checking or, you know, making sure that everything is in place? So that one I think is going to be, even though peer-to-peer makes sense and it's the right way to build trust, I think that's going to be a, a harder aspect, to kind of a harder hill to climb for, you know, really mass integration, in my opinion at least. Um, because it's just a, that there is a trust factor and it's, it, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult one to really get over.
1: Right. Yeah, well said another another uh, thing that I uh, would add here is I think I think I've touched on this a little bit before we get to full decentralization we're probably going to have a lot of enterprise adoption. I was just at consensus which is basically like the world's largest crypto blockchain event in New York back in May and the week that that was happening so many big companies kind of put their put themselves out there so Facebook announced the project Microsoft announced the project. IBM had, you know, their favorite company that they're pushing, and Goldman Sachs had their favorite company that they were pushing. So, like everybody, like all of these big companies were really kind of pushing into the fray. And you walked around and you saw all sorts of big consulting, big banks.
0: What was that? I missed something. hello? Hello. Hi. Still there? Yep, yep,
1: okay, well, so I did this, that out yep, Sorry. sorry about that. People keep calling, keep calling them to stop. Okay, so yeah, I think that it is very important to see a lot of the big names adopt this. So uh, sp- let's specifically talk about Facebook for a second. Love Facebook, hate Facebook, whatever. It's a very big company that a lot of people use for a variety of reasons, business and personal. And Facebook has some interesting things going on in this space. Specifically, when it comes to marketing, if you were anything, Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto, ICO, you were banned from Facebook ads. But if you uh, notice just now, they reversed that ban
0: to some extent. They put some, sorry, didn't they just put in some guy who's going to be in charge of, I forgot his name already, somebody who's going to be in charge of the cryptocurrency uh, vertical in Facebook?
1: Sure are. Yep. So you have to ask yourself so how did they go from full banning? to now partial ban, they're just banning ICOs because they think that they're a little higher risk. And then there's been a bunch of rumors that they're going to buy Coinbase. So Coinbase doesn't have a couple of billion people on their platform. So if that happens, if that acquisition happens, which I'm sure will be in the billions, I can't say if this will happen, but it looks like this is a, a great possibility you will go from a very small amount of people to billions of people with access to getting a more simplistic kind of account where you don't have to know all the
0: technical stuff. Right, even the fact that Facebook reverses their decision, which is obviously already indicative of something, but the fact that they're even willing to say is, we wanna get in and we're gonna buy you know, one of the largest companies in the industry, and that already adds some legitimacy, like you said, at the at consensus, when you have multiple enterprises saying, "Here's our what we're kind of supporting within this new technology," that also adds some legitimacy to the, the whole space. Obviously, the end user who may not be familiar with it may still have a lot of questions, which goes back to our marketing component. But your are saying is that the enterprises, you know, kind of taking some sort of venture into this into this space, plus Facebook, which, like you said, is whether we like it or hate it, they're doing something and they're 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 changing their mind because they see that this is really the future of what people are interested in and what the potential is there. Obviously, there and like you said, it's a great fit for them because then they have the users, Coinbase has the technology, and all of a sudden you put the two together and you have a, a winning solution to really get uh, get more people on board, get people involved in the technology. However, whatever that involvement is, and that's obviously another discussion. But. Right. It obviously adds a lot of credibility, a lot of legitimacy, but at the same time, there is this question of, you know, now Facebook is already under, you know, under a lot of, uh, under the spotlight, or is is being spotlighted for a lot of this data breaching and whatever you also want to call it, and does this in some way kind of say, well, we're now going to do is take Coinbase, which is an amazing technology, amazing company, and it's doing a lot of great things all of a sudden they're going to be like, well, let's just take that information that we have about you and flip it back into another company that's uh, kind of like, you know, still in a cloud. So a lot of people don't necessarily know what it means, like it's some sort of like uncertainty. And does that help or, you know, drive the, company, the technology forward in terms of blockchain, crypto, whatever it is? Or do you think that maybe this move, whether it happens or not, already shows something that their Facebook is willing to change their mind and willing to go into it? But Do you think that's gonna help the technology take off or do you think it might actually push it back a little bit?
1: Well, Facebook's trying to make a better name for themselves, right? It's not the first time that Facebook has been called to the mat on different privacy concerns. We don't need to get into all of them. There have been enough that people can do their own research. I think if Facebook is willing to step up to the plate, if they bought Coinbase for, let's say, 20 to 25 billion dollars, I think a lot of people would say, wow, look at that valuation that maybe we should get into this too. I firmly believe that you will have new technology unicorns, the likes of Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, all these different places, Google, right? I think you're going to get new giants that come out of this space, either that or the existing giants are going to try to buy them because there's just too much at stake, right? You have an overnight industry, (laughs) that doesn't even know what to do with itself. This market exploded quickly, right? So uh, despite whatever people and their privacy concerns and all that, I think uh, many, many, many times the number of people that are on it now will sign up because now they can and it's easier. Is it really easier? I don't think so, right? But now that it's just in the, the front of mind of people, that is enough to do it. Right. Was America online the best technology and dial up? No, but you got to start somewhere. But I think, yeah, when you get a massive global adoption like that, I think it's a good thing for the market. It could potentially be a bad thing for privacy, but that's not really the way blockchain works. If Facebook does bad things and starts talking to different apps and all that. Yeah, you know, that's bad. But I think that there is enough competition out there between all the other wallets, all the other ways that you can get crypto and all the other things that you can do on the blockchain that in the end of it, I don't think it's going to matter as big as this one is. I mean, look at Robinhood, right? Robinhood's enormous. They instantly have a huge valuation. People are putting hundreds of millions of dollars into it. They're not owned by Facebook or anybody like that, right? So I I think you have enough players out there that it won't ruin the, the fundamental concept of what we're worried about here, which is privacy and releasing only the data that we want. I think with the advances of GDPR, which I'm sure everybody's had enough emails about, so I won't bore you to death with that one. (laughs) But the concept that people are taking our data, in a lot of cases without our knowledge, and using it for all sorts of crazy things, and all of our devices collect all sorts of information on us. I think that we want to be private, individuals right nobody wants to have all this information there and correct the world doesn't need all of it just to do transactions and then leak it in the background it's not just facebook and cambridge analytica and all that it's tons of companies tons of companies that are still doing it to this to the minute right that people don't even know the names of right people are being bought and sold every moment so it's time to stop with that and people should take some control again because it is Quite irresponsible that a lot of companies are doing all these things without our knowledge and consent.
0: That is, an, um, you know, I, I think it's a, from a marketing perspective or a digital perspective. I think that's a great way to kind of understand the, the the lay of the land of what's going on now, especially as we kind of bring it drill it down from let's call it the macro concept of blockchain and more to the fine finite uh, minute details of how it's actually going to roll out, especially when you Talk about it. Facebook acquiring one of the largest companies in the industry of blockchain crypto. That makes it all of a sudden it brings it to the masses. I, I was thinking about it when you were saying about you know, how Facebook is kind of buying this and kind of considering it. It sounds to me like you know at least in China. I mean, you're not an expert in China, but maybe this will be a a good discussion. In China, when you know when you go around in China, you have this. Well, it's, WeChat is like the number one. Tool, it's like you know, it basically takes Facebook, WhatsApp, and every other social media platform that you that the rest of the world knows about, and all of a sudden puts it on its head because you have seamless wallets and all these different amazing things that you can do. And it seems like that's I'm not going to say they're competing, but it seems like Facebook wants to do is say, is we need to get some sort of payment system that's seamless that's technology, technologically savvy, uh, sound. It supports that future where we're trying to do is basically give everyone the ability to control their information, share what they want, be able to pay in a very logical, seamless way without having to deal with all these multiple versions of credit cards and whatnot. When I I was in China recently, that sounds, that was like, I was just astounded at that ability of so simple to just pay peer to peer. You know, you want $5 here, just quickly, basically within seconds it was in my phone. The next person's phone or the next person or the next vendor or whatever it was. It seems like that's what Facebook is at least Directly moving towards not because of They they can't find some other payment system, but it seems like they want to get into the the Crypto and blockchain space because of the way to to make that seamless payment uh, and peer-to-peer Efforts what do you think about it?
1: Oh oh boy, so you know who listens on WeChat, right? There's this thing called the Chinese government. There's reason. I know.
0: I know. <laughs> 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 this is the sort of thing that they're listening, but let's put that aside for a second. But you're right. I'm saying forget that, that other component. I'm thinking about more about the payment and the seamless aspect of it and that ability to kind of give someone money in a very non-direct you know, direct, and Kind of go through millions of loopholes to get you m- money in a very simple way, and I can actually turn that into the vendor could actually turn it into money with relative ease, as opposed to having to start transferring back to his bank and you know, all these different things that makes it, you know, very clunky. And it, right. But, but at least so that that to me is more of the direction. I'm not okay. Of course there's always,
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so sorry. Chinese government listening aside. Yes, there's no question that Facebook wants to own every square inch of its own walled garden, meaning not letting you out of the Internet, just like WeChat. WeChat is basically just this self-contained system. You do everything in it. We don't have to go through all the things, but New York Times had a nice write up on it. So China basically has like lagoons of the Internet where a lot of other stuff is not let in and out. So they just kind of built their own stuff around the system. Facebook does that without being regulated in the same way in America where they don't want you to leave. So they have an ad network for business and have games and you can play things and you can do all your messaging and you can do your phone calls and you can do video and you share your life stories, your your rants, and you, you block all the people that don't agree with you or whatever. So in the middle of all this, if people could pay for, you know, millions and millions of dollars of ads, using Bitcoin, and then they didn't have to give the bank a bunch of fees through all their gateways, of course, like it's a no-brainer why they would want something like this, right? Because now they have more accounts. They have a big piece of skin in the game for everything, Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto, and they're making all the money without giving cuts to everybody. So of course it's in their interest.
0: Right. So that, that that to me is also, the, the question here, I'm not ask, of course, it's important to get to deregulation and decentralization, kind of thing. But not deregulation, sorry, decentralization. But there has to be some sort of kind of overarching governing body. body obviously, now as, as things kind of solidify in terms of where uh, blockchain is moving, but do you think? And I, you know, you look at the SEC, who has done an amazing job in terms of what they're putting out towards uh, you know helping people understand it. Now, of course, they're in some um, some way it, they're obviously you know a little bit behind in their publication of content about um, cryptocurrency and ICOs and things like that but they're doing a good job in terms of creating the sort of, sort of standard do you think that there has to be some sort of standardization in some way that helps people feel safe with obviously they're you know, blockchain is meant to help people feel safe and feel- Comfortable with it, but what do you think about some sort of regulatory body within the blockchain system to make it more comfortable, more um, more easily understandable, easily adaptable, easily, you know, accessible?
1: Sure. So I think if the U.S. government wants everybody to stay in America and not go to Abu Dhabi and Malta and Singapore and South Korea. And the caymans and bermuda and marshall islands and everywhere else that everybody's going to switzerland whatever right there's all these places that are much more crypto friendly it's difficult to do things legit in america and i think a lot of people along the way are making mistakes so i think the sec is making mistakes by not moving faster the overall government is making mistakes by not going fast enough and a lot of other places in the world are taking advantage of this but if you don't have your company set up correctly. So if you're based in the United States, but you start setting it up all over the place and you don't even have partnerships and no business there, what? Do you, I don't know, I don't really get what you're doing. So I'm very much in favor of regulation. I think if you don't have regulation, you don't have protection, and then something's a scam, what are you gonna do? <laughs> now you're left holding the bag. So I think I get a little nervous when companies are just like going all in on all these crazy, uh, really sketchy looking company setups. And, yeah, I think we need to see a lot more improvement on that. And they're getting there. I know there's a lot of legislation that's being worked on right now to try to make that better. Uh, the SEC uh, specifically has a, a really good sense of humor. I don't know if you've been to the site Howie Coins, H O W E Coins.
0: I just saw it earlier today. I was in a meeting and we were talking about And they were showing to me. And I was hook, line, and sinker. I went right through it. And I was just like, wow, this is so smart. You know, that shows a a forward thinking. uh, And obviously someone's on that side is clearly playing to the, you know, the hype of blockchain. But at the same time, making sure people are educated, are informed, and realize that there is some sort of, you know, uncertainty. But at the same time, giving the the, the person, the user, uh, in this case, that sense of, you can still take control and don't feel don't get hooked by the masses right uh, hooked by the, the, the hype excuse me yeah so I, that was to me, to me that was just like brilliant.
1: yeah i i don't know i mean to me and some of my colleagues we actually thought this was a pretty bad move in the sense that if you look at the name of it right so it's trying to say it's like all luxury travel and all that so why would it be called howie coins so if you know about the right. howie test I mean, they're like, it's almost like they're just making it more of a parody, as opposed to an information based thing. If they try, I think if they tried a little harder to not go so over the, I think that that would have been a a much better use of watch out for scams, right? Because there was an ICO, there have been many that are absolute Ponzi scams that they just pump and dump and that's it and everybody gets stuck holding the bag. There's a few going on right now. We don't need to name names, but you can just look it up in the markets. I, but I'll tell you, there was one fairly recently where the guy basically like, just made a video and he's like, and we're gone. But he was joking and he's like, see, this is how easy it is to do it. I, I don't think people really had a sense of humor on that because stuff like that happens all too often. And you will continue to have scams like this that will get away with it if you don't have the proper level of legislation. And regulation, right? I mean, there's a reason why there's know your customer. There's a reason why there's anti-money laundering.
0: And yes, I actually can be kind of view right now for blockchain and its potential, versus what do you think will take some time for people to really understand and integrate uh, in terms of use cases uh, for the for the the larger market that maybe not be are, are not necessarily willing to be that you know in that middle stage of transition and trajectory towards real full adoption, which of course will take some time. Sure,
1: so I think there are so many interesting use cases and a lot of them are just starting. So a lot of these places, you know, they may be pre ICO, ICO, or just getting started. So let me start by saying, even for the things that to me look really compelling, we're just getting off and running here, right? This is still a very new market and you know, just so many very interesting plays. I think real estate is has been you know really far technologically speaking. There's a number of really interesting players out there that I've seen and spoken to personally. So um, you know, we've done some work for places like Property Coin. Um, they help people buy and sell real estate portfolios and flip houses in it. Uh, it's pretty incredible. I think that's really cool. There's a company out here in Cincinnati, that's really cool called C crop. They're looking to get um, really the whole land title transfer stuff, which is very old school, uh, and, but really like the whole, like end part of the real estate transaction and the portal on the blockchain. I think that's really cool. There is a, a tremendous amount of stuff that's going on or about to be going on in the healthcare field. Uh, Things that are privacy and security, security cybersecurity-based, are really interesting to me. Uh, There's a lot of advances that are going on in education. So there's a company I'm familiar with called Socrates Coin that's very cool. There's one that's all into, um, I guess you could say it like mindfulness. Uh, There's a place called High Vibe that's very cool like that. There's another company called Opinion Economy. That's also super interesting. We talked a little bit about GDPR before and just the value of one's data. Uh, Certainly, I think they will be really on the map to help people with all of their concerns in that. So that it really can give customers a, a sense of enablement. So, I, I don't know, we could talk about this all day. There, there's so many things in every direction. Uh, there's people that are really interesting uh, out of Germany called Lydian, L-I-T-I-O-N. They're doing some very cool things with uh, energy purchasing. So, uh, pretty much any industry you can think about, somebody is putting something out there that's really interesting.
0: Uh, okay, that sounds, and the, the ones I guess you are saying that the, the companies or the, the markets that are really onboarding or integrating blockchain now would be more, like you said, the the real estate where there's a lot of money obviously being transferred. So that's clearly a good reason. Um, you said education, which is, I didn't think about that one, but that's actually an interesting idea. And though, I guess the longer term ones, which like you said, energy is being used already, people are already integrating, but for real, for real energies uh, purchasing or kind of using it in a much more sophisticated manner, it would probably be like a longer term you know, I'm not saying long term could be for now. Long term could be two years as opposed to you know a, a year or six months. But uh, even though energy is probably already, like you said, there's a company. But maybe the larger mass market integration of using, ener- uh, you know, integrating blockchain into the energy market would probably be a longer term play. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, and you've you've mentioned some of the great projects. And what what would you say is we've mentioned marketing and what what need what marketing needs to do to really make or really what direction what blockchain needs to do as a whole as an industry needs to done be done in terms of the marketing are there any other things that or aspects or top, uh, uh, components that you think besides marketing that would really help blockchain become a more um, comprehensible uh, adaptable uh, technology or industry uh, to the to the mass market?
1: So sure, it's starting to happen. I think, you know, as time goes on, we're definitely seeing uh, more and more content being made that is shared by all sorts of different sites. There's plenty of Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto specific focus sites. The problem is, I don't think the grand majority of the world is reading them. I think a lot of the industry is reading it, but not everybody's getting it. A lot of times other big, more well-known business sites will link to these sources and will use some of the information. And I think the more that those sites start to get professionals that really understand what's going on. So I know like the Next Web has like hard fork, and you know, you, you start to see that there's like entire divisions of already established media. I think it's really exciting when we see that, like we talked about before, when we see the enterprise getting on board with it. Um, I even know people that are, you know, starting to get into different financial products. So people that link, you know, IRA, you know, retirement funds into all this, there's so much <laughs> to go, but yeah, the more that we get widespread education for this, the better. People just need to talk about it. Like it's a real thing, not that it has to be secret and it's only for hackers or something like that, that you have to just have a ridiculous skill
0: set. Okay. Um, and since we mentioned education as like a a new idea, which I didn't think about education, especially in light of the, you know, the upcoming uh, hackathon that we're doing in blockchain Israel here in a couple of days, but what would you, I asked this question to the first podcast, uh, Pat, uh, interviewer, uh, interviewee, and uh, our guest, and he he, uh, offered some insight as to, What do you think in terms of social impact, what you mentioned education, there must be other social impact or social causes that blockchain could be really helpful in terms of offering a true value in a relatively short term. Um, And this will be kind of my last question, but what do you think are some of the use cases that can really, how blockchain can be used for the social impact? uh, We'll call it the industries that are uh, less, yes, they're money, they're driven with by money and finances, but it's more of a, you know, a higher purpose or driven by a higher, you know, set of uh, of goals. What 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 do you think uh, are some of the use cases besides education that might be, or how blockchain could be integrated into that industry of the you know the social uh, social impact uh, area? So,
1: I would say that a lot of the blockchain discussion is about ideology. So you have some people that want to. HODL or hold. Right. And then you have other people that want to build. But I think above all, I think a lot of people that we see in this system do care about exactly what we're talking about. Why do they want the absence of the middleman of the middleman. They want more corporate social responsibility. They want more. Of exactly what you're talking about when it comes to social impact they are seeking meaning so i think the the level and quality of discussions that i have with most people in this industry regardless of what industry they're trying to put on the blockchain i feel like almost all of the people that i talk to when we have these discussions are mindful exactly what you're saying so rather than looking at it as how do we only get like this one specific industry vertical i think that the
0: community embraces exactly what you're saying does that make sense yeah sure I mean, for me, it's, you know, coming from that background of the nonprofit sector uh, and kind of using technology and marketing to help not only them, but other companies as well. To me, it makes the most sense for companies in the nonprofit sector has a lot of issues of transparency, issues of, you know, every dollar counts for them, just like a business. And when you have credit card processing fees that, you know, rack up the donor dollars, when you have to pay a percentage back to the bank, and instead of getting the full amount of money, you have uh, minus X percent of uh, of the money because you have to go pay for some payment processing. Uh, that's like a, to me is like a, it's a no brainer why blockchain and it makes sense. It, th- that for me it's also allows people to trust the organization, which there's always this issue of how much money is being used for overhead versus you know the actual services or pro- or, or, or programs that they're doing education. Like you're spending a lot of money in education and investing a lot of money in it. So again, that's a great example of how blockchain can be right away integrated and giving people uh, allowing them to be able to give the money to the to the right to the right causes to the right uh, tools to the right systems without having to feel like they're being tricked or you know somehow money's being swindled which we always hear about those kind of things so to me, it makes the most sense that I was just asking more and you're right it, it, it a lot of people are talking about it because those topics are important to them. And those are things that, you know, that social impact sector has to talk about a lot to, you know, to, to sort of defend itself uh, to make sure people understand that they're trying to be more transparent. But if you have technology, that's promoting transparency to me, that makes, uh, it's a perfect, it's a perfect fit. It's a, it's a great way to kind of move this, um, the, the, the cause and the industry forward with using technology uh, at, at, um, and help, promote that most important thing, which is transparency, uh, allowing people to donate uh, at, at the right time or promote the cause at the right way. Um, so that for me, it's a, it's a logical step. It just needs to be like you said or we discussed, marketed or you know, delivered and communicated in the right way. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and
1: absolutely, I agree with everything you said. And really to add to that, I think you hear so many nonprofits discussing the state of affairs of donations. People donate, don't donate the way that they used to. Maybe people don't wanna give as much as regularly. And I think that if somebody wanted to give money to a nonprofit organization, and they saw that they accepted Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever, right, they would, I would say people who have cryptocurrency would be more likely to donate and I think that they would have a completely different perception of the company. I think they would look at the company and they would say that it's more forward thinking, Right. So I Absolutely. think that, yeah, I think that even that side of it definitely helps.
0: I, I agree also. Are there any last thoughts that you can uh, offer or tips that you might want to share with us before we uh, part ways? And you know, first again, thank you for your time. Cause I know it's every minute counts here. Everybody, everybody's time is very valuable and I'm sorry about all the technical failures, Um, But what what, any thoughts or uh, points that you would like to uh, raise before we uh, part ways?
1: Yeah, one of the things that I love to say is for people to just stay educated and keep educated on this. This is a frantically fast moving industry, unlike almost nothing on the planet. So, you know, the old dot com days, you know, three months was a year this world, like one month could be a year, right? So like the stock market, people look at how much a stock goes up and down in a day, a week, a month, six months, a year, two, five years max, whatever. And in this industry, people are looking at what's going on by the hour. (laughs) So there's so much to know. I would say, don't worry about trying to know everything. Figure out what you can bring to the table, what interests you. So if you look at it as investment, if you look at it as wanting to start an ICO, if you want to help a company market, if you want to do the technical side, if you want to help with tokenomics or build white papers, there's so many different specialties to know about. Even within marketing, there are people that do influencer stuff. There's people that build telegram groups up. There's people that help people with due diligence. There's people who help you know, try to break in and do all the cybersecurity stuff. So really kind of trying to find the road that's right for you. Or if you're not in this at all, even, I would say, try to read some things. There's definitely a number of really good daily or twice a day newsletters. There's quite a number of sites. Try to find places that speak regular English so you can understand it. And then, you know, don't be discouraged because once upon a time when the internet was brand new, everything like that, when it's, transformatively different and touches so many industries, you gotta just take it one step at a time. It's easy to get overwhelmed, it's easy to feel like you're too late, you're too stupid, not at all. This market still has much, much more to go and it's not going away and it touches everything. So I would just tell everybody to hang in there and really try to learn as much as they can and contribute as much as they can.
0: That is definitely one of the things, the advantage of blockchain is that everyone can contribute in their own way that is one of the major aspects of why it's being so it's so disruptive is because up until now that was not the the model or how businesses worked. It's not that they are, you know, the the consumer was not necessarily contributing to the, even though they should be, they're not necessarily contributing to the success of the company. Uh, and now all of a sudden, this greater goal, this greater good, you know, everyone is helping out and everyone can contribute in some way. And I think that is where. Uh, Blockchain really has a a true added value, even for the people who are not necessarily familiar with it or understand it to its fullest capacity. Right now, they can understand that my value could be something as simple as an idea, uh, some insight, uh, some marketing value, some technology value, obviously, whatever it is. They all can contribute in a way that makes sense and builds um, a better uh, product at the end of the day and a better technology at the end of the day. Well said, man. Thank you. Um, so thanks again, Brian, for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, for uh, for your time and for, uh, I'm sorry for the failures again, it we'll it will probably be able to put it all together and make out a great podcast. We really uh, appreciate you giving us so many great insights. Uh, and on behalf of Blockchain Israel uh, and Blockchain in general, I, I wish you good luck in what's going on. And I look forward to speaking to you in a few months and seeing what, what we can, what our questions were and our, Our topics today and see if we can move and take it to the next step and see if we can get a little bit more into the uh, not only to the macro and micro stuff but see where what has developed in such a short amount of time so brian thank you so much and uh (laughs) and i will be in touch sounds great my friend take care you too bye-bye